This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. It's Encounter with God section happening right now where we get into our 20 million movement Bible study where we join 20 million other people right around the world in studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. And we're super excited to have Camilla joining us here in the studio today. She was just giving us an amazing, uh, I guess, uh, presentation on health and good eating and where good eating began in the Bible. Now, we ended with a question and we were asking, you know, we, we were looking at when, you know, flesh was first introduced um, to humanity at the time of the flood when God wipes out all vegetation and God provides double the amount of some animals for Noah and his family. And uh, the question is, you know, how long does this, how long does this last for? So it actually, it's interesting because people start eating flesh. And I guess I'm not sure if it's because it was easier or some regions. We're not sure, but we know that people continue eating flesh. But it was something significant that happened when they started eating flesh. And do you remember what it was yes. in terms of physiology? and? Yes, and this was the question we, were, we, we have to come back and answer before we get in, back into our Daniel study. Uh, and that is that their lifespans shortened. It shortened significantly. And not only that, but when God did bring them out of Egypt and he wanted them to kind of go through a detox and, you know, they were living in an environment that propitiated more diseases. And we can even see that scientifically. And when they came out, God says, okay, what was the food that God gave them in the desert? Do you remember? It was called manna. It, was- it came from heaven. Um, and it tasted like wafers with honey. But like it was not flesh, right? No, no, no. It wasn't flesh. It wasn't flesh. Yeah. So we understand that the desire of God and the optimal diet is that we do not have flesh foods. Yes. And that will diet. promote longevity and it will promote more happiness. It will promote more life and less death. And I guess we're, we can talk about that on a scientific way, and I guess that's going to be our next. Okay, so this was my next big question. Is there is there a scientific basis for what God has done here? You know, we've looked at three different diets that you have in the Bible. Is there a scientific basis for it? And even when God introduces flesh, he doesn't say just eat anything. That would be stupid because some things are, will actually kill you if you eat them. You know, try, it. try eating a puffer fish, a puffer fish sometime and you will <laughs> die. Um so we can talk about that next time. I'm already yes. inviting myself. Good. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's have you back again tomorrow and we'll find out, is there a scientific basis for this? Yes. And the answer is yes. And we're going to look into it. Um, and we're going to look into why we shouldn't have to diet. And that's really important because diet, it seems to be in everyone's head. And we're going to take the pressure and the load off of everyone's back. So let's come back tomorrow. And I can't wait to be together again with Gemma and Lyle. Fantastic. Okay. But you are going to stay for the rest of the Bible study right now, right? Yes, of course. Good, 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 good. Just making sure. Uh, Gemma here is just busting and shaking violently in my face <laughs> the quiz because we haven't done the quiz yet. Because I'm excited and nobody's got it yet. Yeah, it's a, There's it's a, still opportunity uh-huh. to win a fantastic prize and no one's got it yet, which is why the I'm only, shaking the card in front of you to remind you the that only, I really, really want to give another clue. The only clue. clue that I would have definitely got it on was the first one. The second one didn't help you? Second and third, I would have been struggling. 
Well, this I probably would have got it wrong. Okay, the next clue is a little bit of a giveaway. Okay. Depending on how well you know your Bible. The next clue is, in my 11th chapter, the story of David's sin with Bathsheba is found. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. So that's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. And... A copy of The History of Tomorrow will be all yours. It will be coming your way. So give us a call right now and you will get a copy of that book right there. Okay, so we are in the book of Daniel. We are in the middle of Daniel chapter 6. So let's flick in our Bibles over to Daniel chapter 6. We've been looking at Daniel 6 and 9. Yeah, you've been, we've been jumping around a lot. Why have we been looking at chapter 9 as well as chapter 6? I remember this. I know this because they happen at the same time. Exactly. How can you have chapter 9 <laughs> and chapter 6 happening at the same time when you've got 7 and 8 in between them? It's not in chronological order. And why is it not in chronological order? That's not See, I'm just trying how, to... I'm that's not how their brains work. Chiastic structure. Okay. So I remember things. Look not, at this. I'm learning. Not chronological structure, but chiastic structure where you put the important bits in the middle and not at the end. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Bible is written thematically. It is not written chronologically. And so if you look at the structure of the Bible, you find the first five books are law. Then you find the history. Then you find the songs. Then you find the prophets. That's how the Bible is structured. It's not put together chronologically. You find the same thing in the New Testament. You have the Gospels and the Acts, which is the history, uh, followed by the epistles, uh, followed by the prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is, this is kind of how their, their, their brains worked back in the day, and this is why the book of Daniel is divided up into the history, which is the first six chapters, and the prophecies, which are the last six chapters. And uh, as a result of that, we have um, we have to work out the chronology ourselves. And of course, Daniel chapter six takes place in the first year of Darius the Mede. Daniel nine also takes place in the first year of Darius the Mede, and they are both the same event. Ooh. So, in the first year of Darius the Mede, you have Daniel praying for the restoration of Jerusalem. He's opening his window towards uh, the city, towards the temple. Towards the um, towards the nation because that's what Solomon said to do many hundreds of years beforehand if they were ever taken into captivity. Nice. He has been reading the book of Chronicles and he has discovered this. While that is taking place, in chapter 9 we find a couple of other extra details that chapter 6 doesn't have. We find that not only has he been reading the book of Chronicles, but he has also discovered the book of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is a contemporary of Daniel's and Jeremiah has um, Jeremiah has a copy of Jeremiah's prophecy is obviously coming into Daniel's hands and he reads it and he's like, yep, you know, 70 years at Jeremiah 25 and verse 11, 70 years, these guys will be in captivity. And so he's putting all this together and it's clashing with a prophecy that he's already had. And the prophecy that he's already had happens before chapter 6, before chapter 9, and it's called chapter 8. But it happens during the reign of Belshazzar. So it's previous to all this, in which God said 2,300 days. But years. Or years. Yeah. And the sanctuary will be cleansed. Mm. If Daniel takes that as literal days, we noted this yesterday, six and a half years, you've got 
the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, and the reign of the Antichrist all packed into like six and a half years. That'd be a terrible six and a half years. Yes. That's <laughs> enough to make anybody very, very stressed and worried. Not only that, by the time you come to chapter nine, you've only got five years left. Mm, very stressful five years. And none of these, yeah, yeah, so now it's compressed down into five years. So that would be very, very stressful. On the other hand, he has the option of taking the day for a year principle. And another of his contemporaries, Ezekiel, has been doing acted out prophecies in Babylon using the day for a year principles. So this is very familiar as well. But that's 2,300 years. Which is a very long time. That, that brings it into our age. Wow, right now. Yeah, our, our time period. Modern history. Brings it into modern history. So we'd be part of that. And for Daniel, you you think of Daniel as like, okay, the temple in Jerusalem is not going to be rebuilt for another 2,300 years. That would freak him out. So it's confusing for him. And the Bible says in chapter 8, and we'll just review this very quickly. Uh, Chapter 8, and we were in, uh, let me see here, verse 27. Daniel fainted. He was sick for certain days. He rose up, did the king's business. He was astonished at the vision. And no one understood it. And you can really understand why no one understands this vision. It's just like, what on earth is going on here? And then we understand why he's sick too. Imagine you going through that. It's such a, it blows your mind. And he's just like, what is happening? Like, yeah. Now, this is an maybe you couldn't thought. sleep. This you know, when you can't sleep and you just feel sick to your stomach? This is an interesting question to ask our health director. Can extreme stress make you sick? Of course. Like physically sick? Yes. And even like, you know, when you go to an interview sometimes and you have like butterflies on your stomach and like, I don't know about you, but if I have a big commitment, especially speaking, because I, I seem to be okay speaking in front of people, but it freaks me out. And so- You never look like you're freaked out. Well, but. because I'm extrovert and people think that's a natural thing, but it's not. And I do get butterflies on my stomach when I'm about to speak. Okay, so stress is something that can make you physically sick. And Daniel gets physically sick here for three weeks. That's quite a period of time that he is unwell for. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Now, there's another little clue that sort of comes here as well that I will ask seeing as we have the health director. It seems that, He's sick for three weeks, and then afterwards he says, "Up, he gets up and does the king's business." It's almost like he locked himself in his room and shut his doors and closed his windows and just sort of didn't. It's almost like he falls into a depression. Do you think he's suffering from a short-term depression here? I think he did, and I think those physiological effects on your brain. Like I'm sure that he was he had a lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. When you are like, it doesn't only make you feel sick on your stomach. Um, you know, our gut and our brain have a very strong connection. So it's usually when you are sick on your gut, when you're not feeling well, you also won't be able to sleep. And and I, I can see him here just going through this period of time. There's a lot of stress involved, literally sleep. And the consequence of that would be a depression. We don't know if what even mild. It might be a really full-on depression that he experienced. But then something may have happened, and we know that it did, when he got up. And that's something that we can take it into our lives too. Because there is hope. Even when you go deep down into a stressful situation, usually there is something that can happen so that you are feeling calm and peaceful again. So even the greatest of the greatest 
Bible heroes can suffer depression, mental illness. Absolutely, yes. And come out of it. That's right. Okay. And so there's hope for everybody. There's hope for everybody. And the hope is not necessarily on medications, although sometimes they're necessary to help people. But as we can see many, many examples on the Bible, when people, there were people of God and prophets, they fell and they had any sort, maybe not depression, but any sort of, you know, failure in a way or just not feeling well or just not living well. Um, When Jesus came into the picture, when God comes into the picture, he clarifies our mind. He transforms our life. The way we see the future is different. And that is what changed. Scientific studies today are showing the importance of a positive mindset, the importance of your feelings that affect your mood and your um, entire body. So I think that it is also a lesson for us that when God comes into the picture, and yes, a lot of other things are important, but just because we have more clarity and the Bible presents clarity through these prophecies, when you look into the future and even through the book of Daniel and you see, okay, I'm part of this prophecy here, what is going to happen? So the future, it's no longer a fearful event, but it becomes something that you're looking forward to. Mm. Is that what happens in the book of Daniel? I'm pretty sure Yeah, yeah you want to talk about it. Oh, we do. We definitely do. We definitely do. All right, uh, moving on with um, where are we up to? We're talking about uh, we're, we're doing we're still doing our, our review here and bringing ourselves up to date. Um, <clears throat> so coming back to Daniel's prayer, I want to come back and, and, and look at this. This is the prayer that he's praying in chapter six. He's praying it on a daily basis. Yesterday we noted that the prayer is divided into two parts. The first part of the prayer is confession, and the second part of the prayer is supplication. Now, the word supplication simply means request. So in the second half of this prayer, Daniel is going to make a request. We find that the confession begins in verse 4, where it says, And I prayed unto the Lord and made my confession. And it extends all the way down to verse 17. And in verse 17, the prayer is almost over. Well, it's kind of not almost over. It just gets cut short. Uh, let me see, Gemma, can you read for us verse 17, please? Because when we come to the request, what we're going to find now is what is it that Daniel is actually asking? What, what chapter are we in? Chapter 9. Oh, see, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. He floats very quickly on the chapters, and I'm still like, okay, where, where are, are you at? <laughs> Well, you see, the problem is... Oh, yeah, there it is. You Daniel's prayer, chapter to, 9. Why can't you read my mind? <laughs> You're an expert in the book of Daniel, so... Uh, You're supposed to be mind reading. I'm trying to catch up, okay? You've got a big brain and there's lots of stuff in there and you, you know this very, very well. I'm trying to keep up. I'm feeling very lucky to be part of this segment <laughs> because Lyle is... That one of the people, the, the people that have the most knowledge on the book of Daniel yeah, that I know expert. of. He's an expert. He is. And he's like, you should know where we're up to, what we're talking about, where you've got like... I even think you were my oh. teacher at there the time. Are, there are a lot of people out there who know a lot more about the book of Daniel <laughs> than I do, but it is one of my favorite books. And so I do tend to... Um, I have been dominating the Bible study this year. I know. I'm sorry. You're being very That's passionate, okay. but it's yeah, okay yeah, yeah, because just... we like the information. So keep going. Praise God. I'm in chapter nine. Which verse? Verse 17, this is where, okay, so it. this is the Good. prayer that Daniel is praying in chapter 6, and this is where his request begins. And what's important about this is it gives context to what he's doing in chapter 6. So in chapter 6, he's praying with his window open towards 
Judea, Jerusalem, and the temple, as instructed by Solomon to pray for the restoration of that building. I just realized why I was confused, and you've just clarified In it. In chapter 8, with it now. we find that he gets confused over when this is all going to happen. <laughs> In chapter 9, we're now back to, you know, he has previously been confused. In chapter 9, we find that he's discovered this prophecy. Jeremiah might have, may have personally sent it to him. We don't know. Um, there's only going to be seven years. He recognizes that there's five years left. And so he better be praying about it. What I want you to notice now is when you get to the request part, when you get to the request of a prayer, you actually find out what the prayer is all about. Mm. The confession, yeah, that's all good. That's fair enough. Um, but the, uh, the this is the part where you find out what he's actually, the burden that is on his heart. Gemma, verse 17, please. O our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Thank you. Mm. My translation gives it a slight... <sighs> I, knew you were gonna, I knew you were going to go there. I was like, as I soon as I not reading, to. he's going to be like the King James Version. I was trying not to. Ooh. He says, now therefore, O our God. Fine. Which signifies that now that I've had my confession... Now I'm coming to the part where I'm going to make a request. Yeah. I and had what, the same translation, but mine is the standard, English standard version. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so when he comes to the part where he's going to make a request. Yes. What is he talking about? What is his subject matter? The sanctuary. The sanctuary. And what mm. is wrong with the sanctuary? It's been destroyed. It's been destroyed. It is desolate. Yes. Okay. Camilla. I'm so excited to be here today because, I don't know if I'm jumping the guns here, but isn't our body considered the sanctuary or the temple of the Holy Spirit? We have the health director with us today. I just have to make that parallel. You do, (laughs) absolutely. look, he was depressed and he first of all looked for, you know, he, he humbled himself before God. And then he recognizes, because he knows the sanctuary is desolate, is destroyed. In many aspects, we were just talking about our bodies and the consequence of having not the optimal diet in our lives. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a good parallel that today, one in every three people would be overweight or obese? Mm-hmm. And facing, and what's the problem with that? Just because facing that's connected horrific... with inflammation and lots of diseases. Yeah. And it's already, science is already showing us that an obesogenic environment is our environment. So it's not only that, you know, there's a, and, and that's, that's something interesting because, yeah, there is a, 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 pro, a chronic problem with us, but it's also a chronic problem, a chronic problem with the world that we live in. And we can associate that with sin as well. Mm. But I love this prayer because he's coming to God because apparently, well, and we know that God has a solution for that. So, yeah. I hope that everyone's following my parallel or is it just in my mind? Gemma is, Gemma I, have is, a cool, um, I have a cool point along the same lines with the parallel because you're talking about how our body is is the sanctuary, right? And he's, and, you know, he's praying for the, the desolate sanctuary and he's talking about the actual physical you know, in rubble and ruins sanctuary, mm. but making the parallel that he's asking God to smile again, right, to, to help rebuild, you know, the same goes for him. Like he's just come out of this deep depressive state and he's praying to God, you know, rebuild, you know, smile again on the desolate sanctuary, which is also the same parallel for him and his body. He's like, Lord, help me in my mental state. You know, I've just come out of this big depression. The same parallel could be said there. 
right? Uh-huh. I thought that was kind of cool. And coming back to uh, Gemma's parallel, if you think about the sanctuary that existed in Jerusalem, one of, the most, one of the wonders of the ancient world, a place of incredible beauty, lined with gold on the inside, stunning furniture, you know, a row of candlesticks down mm. either side, altar of incense, Perfectly designed, perfectly designed by God. You would mm. keep that place spotlessly clean mm. because it's the temple of God. And so often we, uh, we, you know, do terrible things to our body, which is also the temple of God. And we kind of, you know, back up a, a, a garbage truck full of garbage and just unload it into our bodies, forgetting it's the temple of God. Just challenge for everybody. Okay, let's, uh, let's listen to Lady Love Smith and Reggie Smith with In the Sanctuary.
You're listening to Lady Love Smith and Reggie Smith with In the Sanctuary here on The Breakfast Show. Nobody's got the quiz yet. We've been giving you guys a hard time this morning. Give us an easier one, Gemma. Okay, this one's going to be one. this one's going to be very very easy, okay? okay? All right. I have full confidence. I precede the Book of One Kings. That's a clue. That's a clue. The next That's- one, the next one's worse, okay? The next clue is is even more obvious. So All if right. you can't get it from this, guaranteed you'll get it from the next one. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred Faith FM to get your copy of the history of tomorrow, um, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Going back to our Bible study, let's go to Daniel chapter nine. And Gemma, can you read for us? We read verse seventeen. What we're going to note now is how this theme continues on down through Daniel's prayer, and into Gabriel's reply. So. Uh, um, chapter 9, verse 18, please. Oh, my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. Okay, so what in, in verse 17, what was he praying about? The sanctuary. In verse 18, what's he praying about? Isn't it the same thing? The city. Mm. Well, yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Same area, same spot. One specific yes. thing. One right. specific... Let's do another verse. Uh, Camilla, if you could read for us verse 20, please. Okay. Verse 20. 
While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God. Thank you. What was on the holy hill? Or the holy mountain? That's where the sanctuary is. So his whole prayer, his whole request, and his request only lasts three verses, and it gets cut short, which is interesting. But the whole request in Daniel's prayer, in this case, only lasts three verses long. Now, this was the prayer that Daniel was praying, you know, three times a day, facing Jerusalem. Um, I don't think he would have had this memorized by any stretch of the imagination. This was just the type of thing that he prayed. But this is what he was praying three times a day, and... Uh, um, the Bible says that while he was praying, Gabriel turns up, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, is that this is after the lion's den. After mm-hmm. the lion's den experience, then Gabriel turns up and is like, okay, Dan, you're a bit confused about all this stuff. Let me explain it. Hmm. And so Gabriel comes up, and what Gabriel explains is, okay, it's like this. The 70-year prophecy, yeah, that's that's... You don't need to worry about that one. That one's going to be fulfilled. That is separate from the prophecy that I have given to you because the prophecy I've given to you is day for a year. Yeah. So he makes it very, very clear. It's day for a year. Um, he gives a whole bunch of uh, events that will take place on earth that will seal the prophecy, that will be evidence for the prophecy, that follow very, very specific dates, mm-hmm. all of which have been fulfilled. Um, in the middle of that, he has prophecy about the Messiah which is very specifically fulfilled. And then, um, <clears throat> so, so then Daniel is able to differentiate between two different prophecies. Your 2,300 years is talking about the sanctuary in heaven. Your 70 years is talking about the um, rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. So yes, Daniel, you're in good shape. Don't panic. Don't stress out. Five years from now, it's all going to happen. Cyrus is going to bring it to pass. It will take place. <coughs> okay, so now we can go back to chapter nine, because everybody's been bugging me. Like we want to, we want to do chapter the six. Chapter six. We're in chapter nine. We want to go back to chapter six. Back to chapter six and talk about the lions, because everybody's been bugging. Everybody me. has not been bugging you, okay? Shell and I made one comment. Okay, one. Okay, we love the lion. I we mean, love- that's one of my daughter's favorite stories. It's How my old is your daughter? Story. She's two years and two months, but we have been in Africa together, uh-huh. and she's seen a lion, and she actually want to go play with them because <laughs> we're on those open cars, and uh-huh. she's like, "Can I go?" And I was like, "I don't know." But she loves the lion story and how. I but can see your I daughter. I think she like, thinks yeah, that Daniel play. was fine with the lions because when we saw the lions, they were not doing anything. So she thinks they're just nice animals. <laughs> You've got to love two-year-olds. <clears throat> the innocence of a two-year-old. She's it's got just, good taste. Just... This is my favorite Bible story too. Okay. All right. I'm excited. This Bible story in many ways, you know, there's a, there's a dark side to this story. Mm, yeah. Now, when I read this story, when I when this story was read to me when I was two years old, it was just all excitement and full of cute lines. But the reality is, there's a very dark side to this story in that the Persians, or Darius in particular here, had invented a way of executing people that was out of the ordinary and was definitely, you know, something that would come out of a the bad guy from a 007 movie. Mm, yes. A James Bond movie. You know, James Bond, you know, you, they don't just uh, give you a bullet to the head or something like that. It's like, no, let me throw you in a 
a tank full of sharks. <laughs> Let me have you dangling, tied in a, tied, you know, up in rope, dangling over a tank full of sharks, and I'll fire an arrow through the rope, and it'll drop you into the tank. And it's just all elaborate and crazy, and, and that's exactly what bonkers. Darius is doing. He's like he has an elaborate and crazy way of executing people. He's like, I'm going to throw, throw you. No, we're not going to just hang you by your neck until you're dead. No, 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 no. I'll throw you into a into a cave full of lions. Okay, so. Uh, when did we get up to verse 11? Uh, Camilla, can you read for us verse 11 and 12, please? Yes. So we're in chapter 6 of Daniel, verse 11. And it says, Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before God. Then they came near and said before the king, concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Dun, dun, dun. And verse 13 as well, please. 13. The king answered and said, The king stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which ne cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And at this point, Oof. Darius knows he's been done. Hmm. When you think about the counsellors who've put this trap together, it was not very smart. Mm. They know that Darius really likes Daniel, and they know that Daniel is really good at what he does. They know that nobody likes, no man likes to be disrespected and have his hand forced. And now they are forcing his hand to kill his best friend. They are doing this to somebody who is the emperor of an empire. That kind of, if you're an emperor, that's what you are. Um, and who has ultimate power and can decree your death at the click of his fingers. I mean, they're bold. I'll give them that. I would say that they are not. I would say that they are more than bold. I would say that they have gone actually gone insane with jealousy. <laughs> yeah, and that's. Yeah. I mean, I love something that I learned with um, one of my professors it was my teacher at Arise the Bible College and his name is Jeffrey Rosario he's actually doing a, a PhD I think on history and in the Bible and religion and he always says something very simple he says sin makes us stupid yes <laughs> and yes. when we are especially when we're um, doing something trying to revenge or do something evil for other people we get blinded by our own sin and we just do stupid things like these guys we do we do absolutely it makes them insane and of course it's not going to go well for them this is uh dare to be a daniel once there was a mighty king who made a great decree he said all Bow before me, all the lions they will see. But old Daniel, he was faithful, and he bowed his head to pray. He said, I will face the lions, but I won't compromise my faith. So they threw him to 
There's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. About how it will be 
Will it be every living eye to see him coming in the sky? And what about the midnight cry? I hear them say, Oh, are the streets like I was told? Are they really made of gold? Will Jerusalem be built where it is now? How can there be a crystal sea if the sea has ceased to be? All these questions annoy me. I just don't care. Cause I want to be there. I just want to be there. And sit at my Jesus feet. I wanna be there. I just don't care about the crown or the color of the gown. As long as Jesus is in town, I wanna be there. I know there are things in this life that we can't understand. There are moments we tend to forget where we belong. Sure, there's time. Yes, there's wealth in that beautiful place. But all I want is to see Him face to face. I just want. To be there, I just want to be there and sit at my Jesus' feet. I wanna be there. I just don't care about the crown or the color of the gown, as long as Jesus is in town. I wanna be Welcome back, everybody. That was Leonardo Consalves, one of the uh, most famous singers in Brazil right now. Um, yeah, bringing us that song about heaven. Fantastic. Amazing music. Uh, we have come to question of the day time, and we still have a clue for our quiz. Yes. So we're going to give that clue right now. What have you got there, Gemma? This is a giveaway. So, like, get ready to call or text because you're going to know what the answer is. Okay. 1-800. I am 2 Samuel... Proverbs or Malachi? 
Okay, second Samuel Proverbs or Malachi, which one is it? 1-800-324-843. Of course, um, yeah, if you know the answer, give us a call right now. Well, you've got a one in three chance of uh, If of no one right. calls, then I will give the answer because I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Camilla, of course, is joining us here, who is the health director for our, uh, our region in northern New South Wales. We Question of the day time. Gemma, what have we got for question of the day? Okay, are you ready? I am. Sin and death entered into the human race through Adam, and thus he is to blame for original sin. So why is Adam held responsible when Eve ate the forbidden fruit first? I would change the wording of that question slightly. Okay. So when the Bible talks about Adam is to blame for original sin, I would say that Adam is to blame for one of the original sins. And there's a difference between those two statements, and you'll only understand the difference between those two statements if you're somebody, if you belong to a a, a faith tradition that believes in original sin. But did, what does the Bible specifically say, though? Sin or sins? Well, it's like this. The word, the, the phrase original sin is not found anywhere in Scripture. Right. The concept of original, okay. the concept of original sin, uh, as it is understood among some faith transition, trans, uh, faith traditions, I should say, is also not found in Scripture. And so, the concept of original sin uh, comes from the concept that there are three different kinds of sin: mm-hmm. original sin, um, menial sin, and mortal sin. Wow. Okay. Now, once again, the Bible doesn't make those differentiations. The you know, there's definitely different uh, levels of consequences mm-hmm. for different sins, but there are no differentiations as far as. So we're the ones who divided up sin. And yeah, how we divided we up. We divided up. Organize it, and it's kind of a, it. it's a kind of a way that we make our feels our sense ourselves feel better because original sin um, is supposedly something that we got from Adam that uh, we're just automatically born with. Question: Which we're not. Another question: You're not born guilty. Original sin, saying that it comes from Adam, but if you're talking about the very first time sin was sin, wouldn't the original sin be Lucifer in heaven? That's right. I'm getting there. Oh, okay, cool. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Keep talking. So. Then. So. <laughs> Um, but the concept of original sin, you know, original sin, menial sin, mortal sin, we divide it up like that. So it's like, well, we don't have to worry about original sin because everyone's born with it. Um, menial sin, well, I'm not going to lose my salvation over that. So I can I can deal with those two kinds of sin. And it kind of trivializes sin, whereas somebody can be lost for any kind of sin mm. that they don't take to God and confess and don't, you know. Menial or otherwise. Yeah. There's no, no difference between menial and mortal. All sin is mortal. Okay, so when we're going to talk about the term original sin, was there an, an, an original sin? Yes, you do not find it in Genesis. You find it in Isaiah chapter 12, Ezekiel chapter 28. Hey, I was right. You were oh, right. <laughs> That's exciting. However, oh. if you want to, if you say, yeah, 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 I know that's the original sin by Lucifer, Satan, but we're talking about humans, then the original sin is Eve. Mm. But I was kind of right. Which is why Adam is guilty of one of the original sins. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So Lucifer sins first, Eve sins second, Adam sins third, and you can include the angels that followed Lucifer in in his sin there as Mm -hmm. well. Mm, Never thought of this way. as as, As far as earth goes... 
Yeah, right. Because the as far as Earth goes, because that's really what we're talking about. Because Lucifer sin happened in heaven, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he yeah. was cast to the earth. Right. So, so the as, first... as far as Earth goes, yeah. it starts with Eve. Now, this is the thing: sin. Eve brought sin into the world, right? But it was Adam that mm. gave it to humanity. Mm. Because if Adam hadn't sinned as well, sin would have been quarantined in Eve. Jesus would have been born of Eve, given his life for Eve, and offered her redemption. Hmm. But because Adam sinned, then it gets passed on down to the sinful nature, and sin with it gets passed on down to every other human being. And so they both hold very, very high levels of guilt in relationship to the original sins. This is Anthem Lights. Your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace to Jesus I surrender all To Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily Anthem Lights with the Invitation Medley. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We've come to the end of our show, which means that we are going to give something away entirely for free. You don't have to do anything for it except be the first caller through. Uh, it's been fantastic having uh, Camilla as a part of the show here today. Woo-hoo! So happy. It's such a uplifting morning to me. And so good to have the that emphasis on good health. And so as we come to the end of our show today, we've been talking about prayer this week. We have. Specifically Daniel's prayer. What are we giving away today? We've been giving away some Roger Moore notebooks. We have another one, understand? We do. We have another one, and it is the last one was The Incredible Power of Prayer. Yes. Today's book is, is 
Incredible Answers to Prayer Volume 1. Part 1. Part 1. And Part 2 is coming tomorrow because we did promise for the rest of the week we were going to give out his books on prayer. Yes. So today, and So part basically one. this guy was, uh, he, he dedicated his life. He was a lifetime prayer warrior, um, French-Canadian. He took in prayer requests from all over the world. He would add them to his um, book of prayer requests and he would journal them. Mm. He would pray for these people. And then when the answers to prayer came through, he would collect those stories and write them down. And the stories that he has in those books would abs- will absolutely melt your brain when you realize you know, just how powerful God is and how interested God is and how active God is in our world right now. Anyway, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Faith FM listeners, I am Malvina Spenland. Thank you for tuning in.
Zoo. Mm-hmm. 